You're listening to Legal Skies, a podcast by the Law Society of Saskatchewan. This is a special series of interviews and discussions with speakers, attendees and guests that attended the ABA Tech Show 2020 in Chicago. This is Season 2, Episode 3, Part 2. Hello, my name is Julie Shabawali, host of the Legal Skies podcast. I'm recording at the ABA Tech Show, and I'm here with Mike Whalen, author of Lawyer Ford. Thank you for being on the podcast. Happy to be here. Thank you. So I wanted to hear a little bit about your book and why you decided to write the book. Uh, I decided to write it because it was cheaper than therapy. Um, <laughs> okay. And so I, my background pre-law was in logistics. And um, so I tend to think in sort of big picture connected ways just because that was the environment that I was in. And in law, we have sort of the opposite, right? We have a very transactional world, um, very linear. Uh, we tend to be in our own little bubbles. And so Lawyer Forward conceptually is about how do we connect all these people in an age of hyper-connectedness and easily accessed information and abundance? How do we put these minds together in a way that in the net, you know, the system is creating more than the individuals could together? So, so it's in the technical, maybe academic sense, it's about what I call the legal supply chain, which is the format of this connection. But it, in an emotional sense, it's also my personal journey of realizing that what made me different wasn't bad. We just had to create a, a business model and a system that accepted it. And so it's a plea to the attorneys who read it to do the same thing, to go through a process of self-acceptance and then building a business model around understanding yourself. So it's, it's both academic and it's definitely personal as well. So I know you're a solo practitioner, and so as you're talking about reflecting on essentially what you need and what you're looking for in a business, you're talking about looking at your legal supply chain. So what exactly do you mean when you mention that? Yeah, in general, I, you know, anytime you talk about a supply chain, what you mean is how you get the raw materials to somebody in a finished product. Um, in this context, I mean, as with any metaphor, it's not perfect. Obviously, there's a difference between delivering physical goods and, and what we do in legal services. But I definitely wanted to encourage lawyers to think about what are our raw materials? What are we starting from? What are the, the as we add each step in our process, what is the piece of value that's being added to it? It's easy in a supply chain to say, oh, well, this was where they added the engine and this is where they added the paint and whatever. But it's really hard with our work to say, what's the valuable piece that we keep adding? Um, and the, I think the future facing uh, thing that drove me is if we don't figure this out, when deregulation comes, which I'm assuming that it will, um, when we don't have the monopoly to protect us anymore, we're going to have to describe our value. We're going to have to be able to explain it to people. And that's going to take some deep thinking. And so that, that, that really is what drove thinking through the supply chain. Um, again, it's just principles from another world applied to us to make us think about what do we really do? So as we are thinking about that, what we do, what value we bring to our clients, where's the value, how do I play that up, or how do I deal with things that perhaps don't have value, is that where you see this whole conversation of legal technology coming into play? To a degree. I, so let me imagine you have three stocks, right? In, in systems thinking, we talk about stocks or bathtubs a lot. So you've got a flow into the bathtub and a flow out. And if whether because of 
things not flowing in or things flowing out too fast, that bathtub gets empty, you're cold, right? In, in what we do, generally I tell people we have three stocks. We have time, we have our cognitive abilities, and we have our emotional labor capacities. And right now, what sort of worries me about the way we talk about things in legal technology, we're really obsessed with efficiency. We're really obsessed with time, with productivity, with the idea that we do more in less time. We're not paying a lot of attention to the other two stocks of cognitive and emotional capacity. And in both of those, if we don't manage those appropriately, whether that's using technology or systems or processes or reading a dadgum book and taking some time to meditate, whatever it is, if we don't manage those stocks as thoughtfully as we try to manage our time, we're going to end up delivering worse for clients. So. I would say to anyone who's thinking about, let's say, legal technology or maybe the word innovation more broadly, what's new, what you bring into your practice, make sure that you pay attention not just to doing things faster, but to doing the right things and to doing it in a way that you can do good brain work for people. That's what they're hiring you for. Whether it's your cognitive or emotional abilities, that's the value that they want. So make sure you manage those stocks. Yeah, I, I hear as you're talking about managing your time, managing your emotional labor, that makes me think about wellness, health and wellness. And as you know, we've we've been having a lot of conversations about that. There was a ABA report that came out about health and wellness and a few others that were frankly very damaging in terms of the amount of stress that lawyers are under. So if you're a social or sorry, if you're a solo practitioner and you are essentially trying to run a business while practicing law, um, what are some tips that you would, would give someone who is looking at these issues of health and well-being, but at the same time, they do want to be efficient. They do want to be productive because they only have so many hours in a day. Right. The first thing I would say is stop thinking of it as an esoteric nice to have. Um, when you, I'll give you an example. There's something in research called precrastination. And the idea is if you've got a long to-do list, you're going to do the thing that's closer, even if it makes no sense to do that thing. And it's going to make more work for you overall. Um, there's the issue of, of cognitive burden of this overload that we take on that when we've done too much thinking, we start to make irrational decisions. There's a really interesting study about this with judges in Israel who, when they got further away from mealtime because they were making so many decisions, that was having a measurable impact. These people applying for, for uh, parole, almost no, no, nobody right before the next mealtime was getting parole, when right after mealtime, it was like 65%. So that sounds like, oh man, it's what judges had for breakfast, right? It's that, that cynical cliche. But it's really, no, if you don't manage your emotional and your cognitive loads, you're actually delivering worse for other people. These are not esoteric nice-to-haves. This is fundamental to your business model. Uh, the second thing that I would say in terms of managing those things as well as you manage your time is social capital. I, in my book, I talk a lot about social capital, and it's, it's basically this idea that you need other people, but law tends to isolate us. And what we'll do is we'll go to conferences like this and we'll see people we haven't seen in months and we'll, we'll love each other and we'll give hugs and we'll say, you're great. and No, you're great. And we'll think, man, I've got friends. And then we'll go home and go back to our bubbles. Um, I would really encourage you, this seems counterintuitive, but work really hard on your close relationships. Uh, what Robin Dunbar calls uh, your kinship group and, and this, this group of people who want to support you the people you touch, make sure that you're building those relationships because in the end, 
those are the people who will actually support you when you need it. And in a maybe convoluted way, it impacts how you deliver for clients. So, so make sure that you're, you're building that social capital. I think that's a great message to put out to lawyers, which is essentially the ones that you have close, keep them close. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for being on our podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening today. We hope you found the podcast informative and would love to hear your feedback, comments, or suggestions. You can contact us at podcast at lawsociety.sk.ca. Until the next episode, I leave you with an amusing quote by Rodney Dangerfield. I came from a real tough neighborhood. Once a guy pulled a knife on me. I knew he wasn't a professional. The knife had butter on it. (laughs) 